Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Happy Sunday, PCC. Welcome to New Territory. Thank you for gathering, and I imagine in homes, apartments, uh, who knows where, up and down the peninsula, communities of people gather, roommates, families, whatever, to dig into God's Word together. We're in this amazing series right now called Exiles, and Brian Wren was prepared this Sunday, should we have been in person, to speak to us on uh, how to do marriage in Exiles. We're in 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to jump forward, actually, because we think there's a more important scripture to, uh, to go through this Sunday, and it's 1 Peter 5, 7. One of my favorite scriptures. I pray this literally every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, cast all your cares onto him because he cares for you. Let's pray and we're going to jump in. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for the technology, for uh, the generosity that enables the technology at PCC so that we can gather in this way. And Lord, as we pause and dig into your word, pray that you would speak to each one of us, Lord, so we could live vibrantly for you. We've said all along in this series, when we know who we are, we'll know how to live. And God, in these times where fear is rampant, give us a sense of who we are like never before. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, on Wednesday, I had one of those days. It was a long work day, and I remember uh, coming home literally at 9.30 at night and turning on the news, and here's what greeted me this last Wednesday. I was unaware of all of this. Obviously, I knew about the coronavirus, but I was unaware that uh, as I was watching ESPN, that basketball games in the NBA had been completely canceled. I was unaware that our president issued a decree that all international flights through Europe will be canceled. Uh, I got word from my own family, extended family in Italy, uh, in Lucca, in northern Italy, under quarantine and in their homes. Uh, my daughter's college has been canceled. My, my daughter's high school has been canceled. These are unprecedented times. And yet these are times where we can live well as exiles. And if you remember, we've been saying that exiles live, even though we're citizens of another country, the kingdom of God, exiles live for the betterment of our own community. So 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, towards the end of his book, to men and women scattered throughout the edge of the Roman Empire in modern-day Turkey, he's telling them, in essence, I know it's going to be hard. I know you're going to face circumstances that are going to create tension, anxiety, worry. He says, here's how exiles deal with worry. And he takes uh, a fishing term. If you remember, Peter was a fisherman. And he takes that term and literally says, cast all your cares, all your worries on Jesus. You don't have to carry them. Cast them, throw them on Jesus because he cares so much for you. Now, we've been talking about all along in the series that 1 Peter was written 30 years after the life of Christ. Peter was an eyewitness closer than anyone else to the life of Christ. I wonder when he talked about that verse, if he didn't pause and remember a time in Jesus' ministry early on when Peter was following him. 
They were in the northern Galilee and maybe walking by the Sea of Galilee. And there was a large crowd behind them. And as they were following Jesus, talking with Jesus, Jesus walks up a hill and sits down. And Peter and the other 11 are close to Jesus. And behind him is this huge crowd. And Jesus, in essence, says to Peter and to the followers of Christ and to the large crowd, let me tell you how the kingdom of God works and the distinctives of my followers. He gives what we now know as a sermon on the mount. Really, the emancipation proclamation of Jesus' ministry. I wonder if Peter, in saying first, in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares onto Jesus, doesn't remember that teaching. And I'll tell you why I wonder. Because Jesus used the exact same word that Peter used for cares and worries. Let me bring us back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Here's what Peter would have remembered that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not, and here's the same word, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you much more valuable than they? Here's a key question he asks in verse 27. Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And then in verse 33, Jesus gives us the antidote to worry. He says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. This is a first for our day, my friends. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can I ask you a question? Can you consider right now and answer this question? Hit pause on this video and answer this question. What are you worried about today? Given the week we've all gone through, given the news of, uh, that's faced your homepage and my homepage on that red tab above our homepage, that's the urgent tab, the breaking news tab, what fills your mind with worry? I want you to hit pause and answer that question. Well, I don't know what you're worried about. I'll share with you some of mine, given the news. Uh, I'm worried about everything from my daughter's graduations, 
I have one coming up with a high school graduation, one coming up with a college graduation. Uh, I'm worried about uh, family that's affected by this. I'm worried about uh, my retirement and seeing the stock market crash. These are the things, just some of the many things that concern me, given the news that we've had. I worry for our church. And what does it mean that we're going for the next four weeks uh, onto this type of platform? What will it mean for us as a church? See, we all worry because we want assurances of the future. I was talking with someone last week and I was sharing with her this, this pastor, local pastor was going through a lot and we were talking about control. And I said, you know, control's a myth. And she stopped me and she said, Carrie, control's not a myth. Control's a drug. We want control because it fuels us. See, we want assurances of the future. It's natural to worry what Jesus is teaching that it's supernatural to face what could cause worry and not worry. Let me say that again. What Jesus teaches us is that it's supernatural to face what would cause us to worry and to not worry. So what is worry? What is this thing called worry? I love how one author put it. Worry is an emotion that displays our devotion. I like that because I can remember it. Worry is an emotion that displays our devotion. We worry about things we're devoted to. Listen, I love you, but I'm actually not worried about your retirement. I care about it. I care about you, but I'm not worried about that because that's your retirement. I'm not devoted to your retirement. I'm not worried about your daughter's college or high school graduations. I care about that if that concerns you, but I'm not devoted to your daughter's high school or college graduations. See, we worry about things that we're devoted to. And we think, what's going to happen when those things we're devoted to are taken away? One other author said it this way, worry is a meteor shower of what ifs. You know, with this coronavirus, you can go down this line. What if I get sick? What if I can't work? What if I lose my retirement? What if I can't graduate? What if I run out of toilet paper? We slip into this series of what ifs and walk down this road. The actual Greek word that Jesus used there for worry, it means literally a divided mind, a divided mind. And I think the divide for me, and I think it might be for you too, is this. See, there's part of me that believes God is good and trustworthy. My goodness, if we're a follower of Christ, we're trusting him with our whole eternal destiny. We believe he's good and trustworthy. But then there's another part of me that divides off and thinks, oh no, I can't believe him for this. I can't trust him for this. So we wind up in this um, psychic civil war in our mind that makes it very uncomfortable. And Jesus, knowing the human condition, he cares about us physically. He cares about us intellectually. He calls us to renew our mind. He cares about us emotionally. I love that about him. He says, you know what? I've got advice. Here's how it's going to work in my kingdom. It's going to be hard. John 16, 33. In this world, you'll have trouble. But then he said, you know what? Don't worry. You don't have to have a divided mind between my goodness and your circumstances. He even goes on to say, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink, about your body and what you'll wear. He said, is not life more important than food? Isn't the body more important than clothes? 
Gosh, that raises a huge issue for me and for you as followers of Christ. And we're always going to live in the tension between living in this world and not being of this world. But here's the question I want you to ponder that Jesus asks us to ponder when he says, is not life more than food? How do you define life? How do you define a good life? You know, this last week and coming into our new realities and the coronavirus threat and how it's spreading, it's made me really come to the Lord and say, you know what, what does determine my joy? What does determine my outlook? John, uh, Jesus in John 17, three, he had a definition of life that I want to give to each one of us. He said, this is eternal life. This is life that will never end that they know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. Listen, we have no guarantees, and we've said that a lot in our lifetimes. The reality is we're experiencing unprecedented uh, situations and circumstances right now, and now that belief is being put to the test. What we can have a guarantee of is that we're abiding in Christ and in relationship with Christ. He will never leave us. That's life. In essence, Jesus, by asking the question, is not life more than food, the body more than clothes, is saying, you know what? Life is way more than food. There's life in me that's huge and abundant, that's life-producing. I've found that when I make much of Jesus and renew my mind with his character and the things I'm worried about are brought from distortion into their proper perspective. They're put into a proper context. And that leads me to the final point of what Jesus is teaching. His antidote to worry is to put our worries into their proper context. He says this in Matthew 6, 33, finishing his teaching on worry. He says, seek first his kingdom, seek first his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you as well. See, when we seek God and his kingdom first, life is properly proportioned. Let me say that again. When we seek God and his kingdom first, life is properly proportioned. So I want you to hit pause one more time and answer this question. What does it mean in this day, at this stage, where our culture is and where our community is with the coronavirus threat? What does it mean to seek God first in the midst of that? In our day of multitasking, I know it's really hard to do, to prioritize and focus on God. But what does that mean for you? Hit pause and answer that question.
Okay, we're back. I don't know what that means for you, but for me, I take it literally. It means actually the first part of my day, and we've said this before, so maybe you start with 1%, 14 minutes, you're seeking and communing with God. I have uh, different triggers throughout my workspace on my computer. I have apps I access. One that I would really recommend, it's an app called Pause. You can search for it on Android or uh, the Apple platform, Pause, where for a minute or three minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes even, I can just let that app play and it recenters me around God first. I don't know what that means for you, but Jesus went on. He said, seek first my kingdom, my righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. And then he said this, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And you know this, but this is not an excuse for not planning or preparing for the future. Many places in the scripture teach us to do that. But what this means is God designed life to be consumed in bite-sized called days. Once our focus shifts to the present from the future, uh, we are able to trust God for our present and trust God for our future. So many nights I go to bed and rehearse my day or review my day and I think of my morning time with God and all the things I laid at His feet, all the worries I cast onto Him. And I can't tell you how many times I just go, God, you are so faithful. Thank you so much for taking care of me today. I'm going to sleep now because you're not going to sleep. And tomorrow we'll do it again. It's the only way I've been able to survive. Now, that's a little extreme, but it's the only way I've been able to thrive in the midst of our current reality. So Jesus finishes the Sermon on the Mount. And now let's fast forward 30 years and Peter is dictating this letter to Silvanius. You can read about that in chapter five. And he writes this in 1 Peter chapter five, verse seven. Cast, remember it's a fishing term. Cast all your cares, all your anxiety, all your worries is the exact same word that Jesus used in Matthew six in the Sermon on the Mount. Cast all your worries onto him because he cares for you. I wonder looking back at 30 years, Peter didn't go, oh, you know what? It's right. I remember when I was so worried on the boat in the Sea of Galilee when the storms were going and, and Jesus was walking by and I was scared out of my wits. And we saw Jesus. And I said, let me, let me walk with you, Jesus. He said, come on out. I was walking on water and the waves got to me and I, I went under and Jesus reached out his hand and said, oh, you have little faith. He took care of me then. Or if you thought about the garden when Jesus was being arrested and Peter was so filled with anxiety, he took out his dagger and went to kill a guard and lopped off his ear. And Jesus protected him then. He should have been tortured and killed at that point. Or I wonder if Peter thought about the trial when he was in the courtyard and denied even knowing Christ to a little girl, a servant girl. And Jesus looked at Peter, says her eyes met. But Jesus took care of him then. See, what I want to get across, and I think what Peter's getting across is this, and I don't mean to be crass, but I'm going to say it like it is. Peter is teaching worry time is wasted time. Jesus would have said it too. He said, you can't even add by worrying a single hour or day to your life. But actually, worry is wasting time. Cast them onto God because he cares for you. 
I want to close with uh, a little saying that I have in my journal that I read actually this morning. It's from a book by Max Lucado. I recommended it to you in this First Peter series. It's called Anxious for Nothing, Finding Calm in a Chaotic World. And here's what Max Lucado, how he finishes the book. He says this, listen to this. Today, I will live today. Yesterday has passed. Tomorrow is not yet. I'm left with today. So today, I'm going to live today. Relive yesterday? No. I'll learn from it. I'll seek mercy from it. I'll take joy in it. But I'm not going to live in it. The sun has set on yesterday. The sun has yet to rise on tomorrow. Worry about the future? To what gain? It deserves a glance, nothing more. I can't change tomorrow until tomorrow. So today, I will live today. I'll face today's challenges with today's strength. I'll dance today's waltz with today's music. I'll celebrate today's opportunities with today's hope. Today, may I laugh, listen, learn, and love. And tomorrow, if it comes, may I do it again. Listen, how are we going to live faithfully as exiles here on the peninsula? By trusting in a God that's got our back and casting all our cares onto him because he cares for you. He loves you. And my prayer is that we would live in such a way that's so vibrant, as Peter would say, that people would see our good deeds and turn to our Father in heaven. Let's pray. Father, these things aren't natural. They're not easy. They're impossible. And so, Father, I pray as we dig and just hold on to this passage, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, Lord, that you would find a lot of followers of yours here on the peninsula that call PCC home, casting well, just constantly turning our cares, our anxieties, our worries over to you. Thank you for loving us, not just caring for us physically or intellectually, but caring for us emotionally so much that you would want us to live it as men and women of peace in the midst of the storm. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. Pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, one more thing. I want to invite you to capitalize this opportunity and not only pray for yourself, but where you live or where you work or where you recreate. I don't know what it is for you, but would you pray for your neighbors, whoever they are, by name? Uh, would you even consider and ask God, who are my neighbors that need to know that I'm here to care for them. You know, as a church, what we're doing is reaching out to our neighbors. We've reached out to our schools. We've reached out to our school board. I've interacted with our superintendent directly and told him, please let us know of needs so that we can care well for our city. You may want to do that individually in your neighborhood. Let you and your house be the place that is the hands and feet and heart of Jesus. Okay, PCC, I miss you. I miss being together. But God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. 
We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.